0: Locutus's Volume 22, the Sicha Tazria Metzora. Title of the article, it's all in the name. Most years other than certain leap years, the two portions Tazria Metzora are read together as one. The connection between the two are obvious, as Tazria speaks of the impurity of biblical lesions called Teras and mitzvah of the purification process of the person or thing afflicted with Tsaras. However, the names of the, these two Torah portions seem to be in reverse. While the portion opens with eight verses on the laws of purity and impurity connected with childbirth, and Tazriah means conceives, however, the 59 verses of Tsaras, so why is it called tazria? Deeper yet, the word tazria speaks of life, conceiving. While the Talmud in Tractic Nidurim rules, four are considered as if they were dead. And one of them is a mitzora. So too with the name mitzora, which is the person who has Tzorahs, while, while the portion speaks of the very opening verse, I quote, this shall be the law of the person afflicted with Tzorahs on the day of his cleansing. And even though this portion introduces a third category of teras, which is on houses, nevertheless, these teras, Rashi clearly states, and I quote, this is good news for them, that lesions of teras will come upon them because the Amorites had hidden away treasures of gold inside the walls of the houses. And through the lesions, he will demolish the house and find them. Now, also to note, besides the question on the names of the portions, the second portion, there's two opinions. There is the Torah and the Shulchan that call it Mitsora, And then there is the Rashi and Maimonides, which says, Zot Tia, this shall be. Okay, let's go further. Necessary to understand is that this is a fundament of faith. My Maimonides in this commentary on the Mishnayis and Tractics and Hedrin, On chapter 11, He says like this, The eleventh principle is that God, may he be blessed, gives reward to the one who does the commandments of the Torah and punishes the one who transgresses its prohibitions and that the strong punishment is being cut off. Now, the Torah is a Torah of kindness, and its punishments are not for the sake of vengeance, but solely for the sake of correction for the soul of the sinner. Hence, we are taught in Tractic Sanhedrin. It says about the story of Joshua and Achan, who was the one who took from the spoils of Jericho. And Joshua said to him, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord shall trouble you this day. Joshua said to Achan. Now, what does it say? On this day of your judgment, you are troubled, but you will not be troubled in the world to come. Meaning that punishment rectifies the soul, allowing it to then enter into the world to come. Hence, we see that The All the punishments are not vengeance, but they're actually for the point of rectification, which is to the benefit of the person. However, in most punishments, we do not see openly in this world how they offer the benefit of the person. It is only by Tsaras that we see this openly, from which we understand it to be so, by all punishments. Let's go further. Maimonides writes, in the laws of... Tzaras. Quote, this change that affects clothes and houses, which the Torah described with the general term of Tzaras, is not a natural occurrence. Instead, it is a sign and a wonder prevalent among the Jewish people to warn them against Lashon Hara, undesirable speech. When a person speaks Lashon Hara, the walls of his house change color. If he repents, the house will be purified. If, however, he persists in his wickedness until the house is destroyed, the leather implements in his house upon which he sits and lies change color. If he repents, they will be purified. If he persists in his wickedness until they are burnt, the clothes he wears change color. If he repents, they will be purified. If he persists in his wickedness until they are burned, his skin undergoes changes and he develops saras. This causes him to be isolated and for it to be made known that he must remain alone so that he will not be involved in the task of the wicked, which is folly and lashan hara. End quote of Maimonides. Meaning that God is creating a change in nature only to warn them against lashanhara, and even this God begins softly becoming more painful only as the person is not reacting to the softer levers. And even the most intense level of, quote, he shall dwell isolated, his dwelling shall be outside the camp, end quote, is only, quote, so that he will not be involved in the talk of the wicked, which is folly and lush and hurrah, end quote. Hence, we can now appreciate why this portion is called Tazriya, which means birth to a new life, for this alone is the purpose of the Taras. Why does God specifically reveal this, the biblical punishment is but for the benefit, correction of the soul of the sinner? Why does he reveal this to us physically concerning the punishment of Taras, from which we then extrapolate for all other punishments as well? The answer is precisely because Taras is the deepest punishment of, quote, considered as if they were dead, a Mitsorah. And, quote, he shall dwell isolated. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Hence, we extrapolate from the most intense punishment for all lesser punishments. This is the reason for the name Tazriah, telling us that even the worst punishment of considered as if they were dead, is but about giving birth to a new life for the sinner. Now, how does this work out halachically, according to Jewish law? Concerning the metzora, the verse, he shall dwell isolated, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. We can see this in one of two ways. One, the issue is, I quote you a verse in book of Numbers, command the children of Israel to banish from the camp all those afflicted with Saras or with a male discharge or all those unclean through contact with the dead that they not defile the camps. So here we're seeing that them having to leave in which the Matura's banishment is not about him but about the camps. They should not become impure. Or we can see it in a second way. He shall dwell isolated, in which it is a part of the mitzvah's rectification, not about the camp. Now, the practical legal difference is in two cases. One, if for whatever reason there were no camps, then according to reason one, that it's all about the camp not becoming impure, the mitzvah can still go through the cleansing process while according to reason two, that the mitzorah is missing a prevalent part of his rectification and hence cannot obtain purification. Another case in which there is halakhic ramification between the two views of his being isolated. According to the first reason, the mitzoras he shall dwell isolated even outside of the camps only negates dwelling there with the lesser impurities, a male discharge or those unclean through contact with dead. But he may dwell outside the camps with another mitzorah because he's not adding on any impurity to both mitzorah. But according to the second view, that it's about his own rectification, he may not dwell there even with another mitzora, being that the rectification demands that he shall dwell isolated. Now let's look at this from a mystical level. Rabbi Schneider, Zalman of Liadi, the Alta Rebbe, explains that by the opening verse of the laws of Tsaras, it states, quote, Adam... Which is the highest of the four names used for man in the Torah? The Torah has four names Adam, Ish, Gever, Enosh. The highest level is Adam. And then the verse goes on to say Adam, when there will be upon the skin of his flesh. That is man's external organ, the epidermis. Therefore, today, this is what Al is saying, therefore, today, Teras, which was a miracle, doesn't exist anymore for it was just a rectification for those who were internally pure and only externally, the epidermis, the skin of his flesh, plagued with sin of impurity that God granted this miraculous punishment of rectification. However, in our days where there is no person who is not suffering also internally from sin, not in the level of Adam, nor only upon the skin of his flesh, God does not offer us this miraculous rectification of Tzaras. Now let's go to the name of the second Torah portion, Mitzorah. With this, we can now appreciate the second portion being called Mitzorah rather than Day of His Purification. For this portion name is coming to solidify and continue with the inner meaning of the previous portion, that the Tzaras itself, Mitzorah, was the beginning of His Purification to which this portion's process of sacrifices of purification is but a continuation and outcome. Now let's look at this globally. Just as it is with the individual Metzora who, quote, he shall dwell isolated, his dwelling shall be outside the camp, so too it is with Israel as a nation in exile globally, where we're dwelling outside of where we belong. Our mission in exile is that of tazria, through which we are planting and conceiving the new life that will take place when Mashiach comes. As we are taught in Tanya, quote: "This ultimate perfection of the Messianic era is dependent on our actions and service throughout the period of exile." Hence. While in the times of exile we must build our service to God upon obedience, nevertheless we should experience that we are creating the dasriya, the conceiving, the seeding, and hence connected with the time of the world reaching its ultimate fulfillment, the times of Mashiach. However, this connection that we experience between our actions and service throughout the period of exile and the Messianic era Can manifest itself in various ways. The person believes in the coming of Mashiach and that his present service of Torah mitzvah is Tazriah for that era. However, one, he does not study Torah nor observe mitzvot for this purpose. And two, he is not bothered by the thought that Mashiach will come later, not even in his lifetime. As long as he is doing his tazria for Mashiach, let Mashiach come later. Tazria, exile, his Torah and mitzvot and mitzorah, redemption, the actual becoming purified, are read separately. Hence the Torah teaches us, that the set norm is that most years we are to read Tazriah and Metzorah connected as one. The Jew in exile must always await, anticipate, and serve for Mashiach coming now. And this is his focus in his Torah and mitzvot. And even within this, there are yet two dimensions. One, the person does feel that his Torah and mitzvot are for the sake of Tazriah to bring Mashiach. However, he perceives the latter as a Zot tiyeh. this shall be. As the Talmud states, this shall be the law of the Metzorah. The term shall be indicates that it shall be as it is. Interpreted here to mean that it will be as it will be on its own, separate from the tazria work. Or we can look at it, our present Torah Mitzvah are one, part and parcel with Mashiach. Meaning that Mashiach is a Tishbi, which, which is the name for Elijah who came from the city Tishbi. Tishbi will answer all Torah difficulties and questions. That's what Mashiach is all about. And as Rashi says, he will appear to them to explain to them the secret of its reasons and its hidden mysteries. So we see that Mashiach is part and parcel of our studying Torah now in exile. Secondly, the Messianic, the, I quote you from Maimonides the Messianic King will arise, the observance of all the statutes will return to their previous state of completion. Hence, his Tazria Torah, and Mitzvot in exile is connected one and part and parcel with the messianic Mitzvah purification of a complete Torah study and complete mitzvah observance in which the completion of the object of Torah mitzvot will complete the person of Torah mitzvot. So it's not two separate things our Torah mitzvot now and Mashiach's coming because Mashiach's coming is to bring us to the completion of Torah study and mitzvot observance. Hence the two opinions concerning the name of the second portion. In the earlier years, when the coming of Mashiach was yet distant, the portion was called Zotia, it will be as it will be. While in the latter years, when Mashiach's arrival is now imminent, it is called Mitzorah, connected one and part and parcel with our present exaltazria of Torah and Mitzvot. Another reason we now call the portion Mitzorah is to emphasize that throughout all the years of our service in exile, we are at the stage of, quoting from the verse, upon the skin of his flesh, man's external organ, epidermis, in which remains only the service to rectify our external dimension. One more closing, beautiful concept. With this, we will understand the Talmudic story in Tractic Sanhedrin. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi found Elijah standing and he said to Elijah, when will the Mashiach come? Elijah said to him, go ask him. He sits among the poor who suffer from illnesses. Rashi says, we're talking about leprosy. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said to him, means to Mashiach, when will master come? The Mashiach said to him, today. Sometime later, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi came to Elijah and he said, Mashiach lied to me as he said to me, I am coming today and he did not come. Elijah said to him, this he said to you and he quoted him the verse from Psalms today if you will listen to his voice. What's going on with this story? Now we understand. Number one, Mashiach is with Saras because this is our present state of still needing to correct just upon the skin of his flesh. When Mashiach is now waiting for us, he knows that after all these years in exile, we're already at the level that only our external organ, our epidermis externally, we still have some taint of sin, but not internally. The second thing we learn out is that when today Mashiach did not come, Elijah understood that Mashiach is saying that we still need to correct the final external lack of listen to his voice.